2: Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and ever wonder what piece of the puzzle your retirement plan is missing? Oh, geez, that's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, I was once working on this really difficult 32-piece puzzle, and all of the corner's Anyway, look no further because today we've got you covered. Joe and OG are going to be your tour guides and walk you through the 10 things you need to consider for retirement. Plus for no additional fee, I just might even toss my hat in the ring and chip in some of my favorites off my retirement checklist. Plus, are you hoping for change? Seriously, some Kroger customers are still looking for their change since the chain is no longer handing out change on cash purchases. We'll share why in our headline segment. Later, we'll toss out the Haven Lifeline to Matt, who has some questions about what retirement fund to prioritize. And of course, I'll bestow upon you some of my spectacular trivia. And now, two guys who pay every expense in nickels and pennies It's Joe and O
0: It's called cleaning out the car, Doug.
1: Gotta clean out the car, get all the nickels and pennies out. Do you remember that story about that hedge fund manager in Dallas, Kyle Bass, who figured out that the melt value of a nickel was worth more was than more a nickel more than a nickel so you bought 20 million nickels that was so or 20 good. million dollars worth of nickels you think think that dude's just sitting on him right now going what's up welcome
0: to the arbitraging for the win podcast i'm joe Salci, high average joe money on twitter and across the card table from me today it's my good friend og happy monday man
1: not the fake og closing in on a thousand so if you're on twitter oh man I just have to 10X it after that, and then I'll catch you.
0: I got to say, I don't like that, by the way. I, I mean, not that you're catching me. That's fine. That, that part's good. I don't like the fact when when people go, I need three more people to follow me for me
1: to get to X. Hold on. I got to go delete, delete something. I got to delete something real quick.
0: Uh, you know what we won't delete, OG? We're not going to delete your membership in the stacker because... The stack, I've been cranking out a couple of those lately. You like how I, I say a couple of them. I've been cranking out a couple. I've done at least two in the last month. But we are cobbling together a bunch of financial lessons for you. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker so that you can see as uh, this COVID thing, hopefully one day is going to end and OG and I make our way across the country. You'll find out what's going on there. You're also going to find out we had that big online event a month ago, restacking your Benjamins. Guess what, guys? We're playing another one of those. All that goes to the stacker first, stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker. I, by the way, put together a piece for the stacker on uh, the budget that we talk so much about. Cheryl and my weekly budget meeting, how that goes, that was our latest installment. By the way, if you sign up for the stacker, uh, you will get that after all the other lessons that come before that, because there's a few that come before that. But we got a great show today, OG. We're going to talk about the guest today is retirement. We're going to talk about a Reddit thread about 10 things, 10 things you should consider while you're
1: planning your retirement. 10 things you should expect, 10 things you should uh, think about. That's pretty soft also, huh? 10 things to expect while you're retiring. 10 things you'll probably suck at.
0: You know that book that parents read, 10 things to expect when you're expecting? 10 things to expect when you're retiring. Yeah. Yes. If your retirement is right around the corner, you're about nine months away. That I don't, might be that I don't might think
1: be that would trend i don't i don't think that it's translates a, it's a little no. too late
0: i guess at that point yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple words nice planning at nine months before retirement hey uh so we're gonna start early let's get this party started though because we got a couple great headlines
3: hello darlings and now it's time for your favorite part of the show our stacking benjamin's headlines
0: Our first headline comes to us from investmentnews.com. This is an industry website where uh, people that are all kinds of financial planners hang out. There's been a survey. This is written by Emil Halaz. Uh, Social distancing weighs on advice business is the survey. This is very strange, OG. So they survey all these, quote, advisors and they ask them, how has social distancing affected your business? Emil writes, remote work in the age of COVID-19 has hurt some advisors' practices, and many say they're having difficulty finding new clients and working with existing ones. That's according to results of a survey recently published by LIMRA, Oliver Wyman, the Insured Retirement Institute, and the National Association for Insurance and Financial Advisors. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. The survey included responses from 400 financial professionals between May 5th and June 1st. Nearly 70% of advisors said social distancing has made prospecting new clients moderately or highly challenging, according to the report, and nearly as many, 63%, said initial planning conversations are challenging and 61% said social distancing makes product sales
1: difficult with new clients.
0: What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that uh, if you can't sit across the table from somebody and be like, so uh, what do I got to do to get you into this life insurance policy today? Badger them into it. It it just, it gets much more difficult when they can hang up the phone, I suppose. Like one of these old school insurance agents. Slide the pen across the table and you just stare at the pen. You don't make eye contact.
0: I remember this horrible sales training I got a long time ago. Remember this one, OG? The first person who talks
1: loses. That's actually probably accurate. <laughs> that actually is probably okay. I didn't say it was okay. I said it's accurate. I mean, just that's true for just about any discussion that you have with somebody. If you just it, people don't like the silence, I mean, as evidenced by our show. <laughs> You know, I mean, seriously, like there's a period of time, right? Where there's some silence and nobody <laughs> can stick with it. There's go like, well, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I can't, I can fill that in. I can't, I can't take the silence.
0: I remember, uh, one of my training managers early in my career, his dad was one of these horrible door to door insurance sales dudes. Mm-hmm. And he would tell stories about his dad and what a jerk his dad was. He said, you know, he'd sit there selling this, Kind of crappy, full of fees, insurance. And uh he'd sit at the people's table and if they weren't buying it, he'd he'd look at his watch and go, Well, it's time to go. But oh, you know what? It's kind of a it's kind of a long, kind of a long drive. Can I can I refill my coffee? Can I have just one more cup of coffee? Of course, people sitting at the table know exactly what he's doing. Just trying to sit there a little well, you know, while I'm sipping my coffee, let me tell you one more thing about this policy. If that didn't work and they were still going to kick him out. On his way out the door, you know how, uh, well, like here, we're recording from your house. Y- you've got a picture of you and Mrs. OG, you know, uh, uh, her as a beautiful bride. You as a groomsman. I don't know where, how you got that. How'd you get that handsome, by the way? It's Still here. <laughs> Just hidden behind the six pack uh, protective coating for your six pack abs. That's where it's, where it's hidden
1: anyway. That's a nice glare. It's weird that you're staring at my abs all the time though. I just don't know what to make of that.
0: You're like, Hey dude, my eyes are up here. My
1: eyes
0: are here. But anyway, there's pictures of you and and your family. And uh, as he's walking out the door, his son told me his last kick to the gut was he'd pick up one of the pictures and go, wow, it's a beautiful family. Oh man, it'd be horrible if you passed away and and they didn't have... uh, they, they had no money, but hey, uh, nice meeting you. Great. Like they're not buying then, so he's just going to kick him in the teeth.
1: There's a guy that I worked with at Ameriprise who is an older, older guy, was a door-to-door sales guy, disability sales, which actually I think is probably more important for most people than life insurance, sure. frankly. He told me this story one time where he knocked on the front door. Hi, I'm, you know, boom, door gets slammed in his face. And so then he went around the back door. Did he really? And knocked on the door and the woman answers the door. It, you know, it's like one of those you kind of picture like a screen door in the back door in the summertime or something like that yeah and 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 she goes, "What do you want? And he's like, hi, I'm Tom, and I hope you're a lot nicer than the lady at the front. <laughs> Did she buy then? I don't know. I don't remember that, part but you of the get story. the laugh, right? Yeah. I mean he's going for the laugh, so he gets the yeah, scratch gets... the record a little bit, right? You gotta like change the tune.
0: What's the modern day equivalent of that right now? About these guys, would that be personal capital of like door to door salespeople? Door to door salespeople trying to get try, trying to hard close oh, yeah. you
1: to use their service? Disparage any firms? We no. don't do that here. No, personal capital wouldn't do that. Yeah, or any other company. We're not we're not really big fans of like smashing other companies here, but the, unless it's Robinhood <laughs> or Bank but, of America, Bank of America, well, maybe Wells Fargo, Betterment, <laughs> <Maybe>. Wealthfront. <laughs>
0: Anybody with a target date fund?
1: Yeah. Oh, there's that Fidelity. <laughs>
0: besides Vanguard. that, though, besides that, we're good. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's funny you know, you're talking about making product sales is more difficult. Well, it sure would be if you if you don't get to browbeat somebody uh, across the table from you. It seems like it would be a lot more difficult.
0: Forty two percent of people in the survey said they're less effective at selling annuities.
1: Does' it really say that or are you just making that no up? it's right here do, uh, do I just need to drop the mic is that it end of conversation well it's, you know it's it's a s- survey sponsored by Limra life insurance people so you know that's who they're asking and i and I bet it would be more difficult because you just don't have the you don't have the smoke and mirrors you know you don't have the the panache that you can put into the it has to be a solution and if it's not if it's a sale that's a whole different thing I mean look at what the car companies did. Right? So GM, Ford, Chrysler, whatever. what they say? They said, hey, just go online. Pick out a car. We'll deliver it to you. Better yet, you don't have to make payments for 90 days. And we'll give you 0% for the next eight years. What a bargain. They're doing everything. They're throwing the kitchen sink at people saying, you know, we can't. <laughs> We can't, get we can't stick a salesman in your yeah, face. We can't do it. So you do it yourself and uh, and then we'll do it. Wouldn't I, that be great if they did that with annuities? Here's the
0: deal we'll deliver the product to you. We'll strip away all these expenses. We'll make it just a strip down so that it's what it's supposed to be, like a pension that you can take. Well, with and they can mark that on job. TikTok. Talk. <laughs> Perfect. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, it comes my nudity comes with the dance video.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember thinking about like the car shopping thing. I was just thinking about this. You know, we've got the gray Marauder in the garage and... Uh, the gray Maybach. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? It's the Maybach of Toyotas? <laughs> That's right. The Maybach of Toyotas. TM. TM, yeah. <laughs> Maybach of minivans. That's what it is. It's the Maybach of minivans. The Toyota Sienna. But anyway, we bought this thing a couple years ago and uh, we had decided to pay cash for it. You know, the rates weren't particularly great. You know, we can just pay cash. That's fine. And the sales guy literally said, he goes, all right, so we just need to fill out this paperwork and uh, we can get you in this car today. And I'm like, oh, my God, could you be any more? And I looked and I said, well, you don't need my social security number for any of this. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, this we require it. I go, no, you don't. What? What? For what purpose do you need my social? Oh, it's, um, it's uh, you know, just see if we can get you some good terms and stuff like that. I said, well, we're paying cash. So I don't need any terms. I had the same thing. And he's like, oh, well, just, just you just fill it out there. And I said. No, I'm not giving you my social security number for no reason. Well, I figured out the reason. It took me a second to kind of think through it. He gets a little spiff. He gets some. Some. He gets a little, 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 little juice, a little cashola, a little bonus for running credit because then the guy can come and go, hey, uh, you know, why do you want to pay cash for this thing? You know, you can pay us 3% interest for the next five years instead. All right. So we're saying that this is better though, or this is worse rather, sorry
0: this is worse for product salespeople, right? Cause yeah. you can't sit in front of them and shove stuff they don't want down their throat. But for people that are, that are fee advisors, OG, I mean, your practice is mostly virtual already. Mm-hmm. Is it harder for you that now, is, is there anything harder for you now because you work virtually with people than it was before COVID? Uh, Hard, th- harder for people to implement?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, at the end of the day, I wish that I could take credit for figuring this out. But when we moved from Michigan to Dallas, it kind of forced my hand at the time because I wasn't going to be traveling back and forth. The vast majority of, the, uh, of my clients at that moment were in Michigan. So I wasn't going to be going back and forth to Michigan every week for meetings. So we just got really good at having conversations, which which I think for a byproduct. Having online conversations. Yeah. Or on the phone or whatever. Sure. And what I think was a byproduct of that now looking back is You know, we, (laughs) I notice I do this when you talk, like sometimes I daydream, like I'm just like you, yeah, you'd be surprised. (laughs) Like, like, I'm just like, huh? Like in in our team meeting this morning. Well, you said, you said something about OG and then, and then like you talked for like another six minutes and then you said, so what do you think? And I'm like, oh, it's back to me again. I thought my thing was. Six minutes ago. I was telling you what I thought about that thing and then asking for your very input. a long time to get to the point. Anyways, when, when you can't do that, when you can't, da- because the only clue you have is the voice, right? If you're on the phone or if you're on Zoom, you know, you can't just like walk away from your Zoom call. Well, I do when it's a team meeting, but you know, just be like, oh, my video is not working. <laughs> Yeah, play on your phone. Who among us hasn't done that one? Who hasn't taken the phone to the toilet Yeah, mute. from time to time? But anyways, I think we just got really good at having conversations and listening to people. And when you are having a conversation about financial planning and financial planning goals, then you have solutions. You don't have to sell anything. It's just, you know, we're not debating whether or not you should save for retirement. We're saving for retirement. I would think the only reason the plan implementation,
0: which is really what we're worried about, not selling a product, right? I think that a good well, that's advisor what, that's is worried what, yeah, about- that's
1: what we're worried about. Implementing the, the advice, yeah. Sales guys are worried about uh, commissions.
0: The only reason I, I would think people wouldn't implement their plan is because they're worried about insecurity in the economy. Would be the only hang up here. I don't think it'd be any of this sitting across from them and browbeating them.
1: Yeah. It would be- But that would be a reasonable discussion. That's, you know, that's my point is that you're having a discussion at that point in time- with another person, you're having a conversation, a reasonably uh, solid conversation with reasonable questions and dialogue, not what do I got to do to get you into this insurance policy today or this annuity or whatever. This is what you
0: missed in our team meeting though. I was going into talking about Rick. Actually it was on this uh, Rick Edelman's truth about money book. Fantastic book. Rick's been on the show a couple of times before we will link to some of those past episodes when he talked about this stuff. But Rick, as you know, fee-based advisor now, Now, but, but he goes through in that book, commission salespeople and, uh, fee only fee-based advisors. And he shows some studies that show that fee only advisors, clearly you get better, more objective advice much more often, right? Commission-based advisors, though, studies show, OG, that people implement those plans more often. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the salespeople browbeating you into doing it. And then he brings up this question. Is it better to do something that's 92% right than to do 0% of something that's 100% right?
1: Yeah. Well, I can see that. I think, you know, if you look at the incentives, If the incentive is, I get to put food on my table. If you do this thing, which by the way is what you should do, or like to his point, it's pretty close to what you should do. Maybe it's not the most optimal thing to do, but it's close enough. You're, you know, again, you're having the decision of not should I be saving money, but which of these tools should I use to be saving money? This one puts a little extra money in my pocket, but whatever. You're still saving money. And that's the main mission here. I think he's got a point there that that helps. But by the same token, somebody who's really truly invested in your success, whether that's a personal trainer, whether that's a physician, you know, your family doc, they're going to stick with you along the way. And, you know, I don't want to say browbeat you because that's not the right thing, but make you implement it. I mean, if this is the thing, if you have a serious discussion with somebody about your health, or in this case, about your money, and you say, hey, these are the things I want to do. And then we figure out the right Solution or the whatever. And then we provide the accountability. Part of that accountability as a professional advisor is to say, hey, you said you were going to do this stuff and you didn't. So what's up? Either this means that thing wasn't super important to you, or uh, you had other things come up, which happens. Like you said, maybe it makes sense to delay implementation of something because of, of COVID and the uncertainty. In some cases, that's true. You know, there's plenty of people who stop saving in their investment plan because they said, listen, I haven't worked and I'm going through my cash reserve and I might have to change jobs or I might have to move or whatever. I got to pause. That's the right thing to do for them. But it's done in the context of an overall strategy as opposed to, well, I'm just not going to do it. But an accountability partner, a professional would say to you, hey, so what's up? You said you were going to do this stuff and you haven't. So tell me about what's going on so that we can adjust the course. Because you know, just because you didn't save in, in your retirement accounts for the last six months doesn't make you a bad person. It also doesn't change the fact that you're six months closer to retirement now. And th- that needs to be addressed.
0: That's what I thought too. If the If the financial advisor wants to get paid again by you in the future to update the plan, to change, to be your coach, they still should be pushing you.
1: And to be fair, I mean, sometimes the right decision is to do nothing. You think about like trading activity we talked about, you know how it's just skyrocketed and everything like that. I mean, the internet is full of people who bailed out in March and and are still waiting for the market to recover before they get back in and all that sort of stuff. And if the right decision for you and an advisor or yourself or whatever said, "Hey, the right thing to do is to sit here and just do nothing," that probably worked out the best, frankly.
0: So many studies show this is the one
1: thing. Well, we had Dr. be dead. Dr. Daniel
0: Crosby, he's a behavioral guy, by the way, for people that don't know, Dr. Daniel Crosby says that that's, this is one of the few things in life where doing nothing is usually the right move. Yeah. And you're hiring somebody to help you do nothing.
1: Yeah. A lot of times.
0: Yeah. Our second headline is uh, from Fox business. This is written by Lucas Manfredi Kroger, the grocery store chain stops giving coin change as coronavirus drives the shortage. Did you see this? Kroger's halting the use of coin change at its stores in response to a shortage caused by the coronavirus pandemic, Fox 19 Cincinnati reports. The Federal Reserve said uh, last month the pandemic has significantly disrupted the supply chain and normal circulation patterns for U.S. coin. What happens is that with the partial closure of the economy, the flow of coins to the economy has gotten all it's kind of stopped, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said during a virtual hearing with the House Financial Services Committee on June 17th. The places where you go to give you coins and get credit at the store and get cash, you know, folding money, those have not been working. Stores have been closed. So the whole system's kind of come to a stop.
1: So do you think when you do a virtual hearing in your Jerome Powell, do you have your Zoom set up? And then, and then do you have like a little nameplate in front of you that says the Honorable James Powell?
0: <laughs> a virtual nameplate? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, You just do it for yourself, just so you know. Yeah. Or or is, it, is the computer? But if you do it for yourself. Or do you think that he's, did, do you think that he changed his screen background to dot, 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 reconnecting? <laughs> and it's just like that little spinning thing that just says reconnecting. It's like that gif that just keeps on, and they're going, hey, I thought we had, had Powell on for this hour-long testifying thing. Like, I don't know, he's having some troubles, apparently. And he's just sitting there on mute, like, giggling, <laughs> going, God, I don't have to talk to these people today. I love these, I love this. <laughs> This little Zoom thing's great. It's great. No, I thought it'd be funnier if like he had a
0: grandchild and they were just on a Zoom call with friends and he shows up to one of these virtual hearings with like a Frozen 2 logo behind him. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> be- or he stands up and he's just in his boxer briefs. Right, he's got-, he got like a shirt on with a tie and a coat.
0: <laughs> Is that, by the way, the mullet of coronavirus? Like like business on the top and party, <laughs> party where nobody could see? Well,
1: when we did that uh, YouTube event, you had like gym shorts on, didn't you?
0: I I think I did. Yes, yeah. I yeah. did have gym shorts. Yeah, on. I had a
1: collared shirt on and a and yes, know, I might have even had shorts on. I'm not sure.
0: I am also fairly certain. Didn't we talk about that just before we went live? Ken from Fidelity, remember? Also, I think I had shorts on oh, and a he? very yeah. professional shirt. That was
1: that was funny. So what the hell are we talking about? Coin shortages? Yeah, how about that? Things things uh, really. It reminds me. I've got a I've got a coin operated laundry in my apartment building. I was thinking about adding another one, but now I'm thinking that maybe I need to add the uh, credit card feature, the, the wireless. Yeah. There's a little plug-in thing that you can like tap to pay basically. And it's just housed in the device. Is
0: that where you make all the big money?
1: I, on coins. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I know where they don't have them. Cause I got all the quarters <laughs> from Michigan. They just, you got all the quarters. I have so many. Yes. It's ridiculous. Jerome Powell comes on and goes, uh, OG
0: is the issue here. Uh, yeah. Kroger sweating it out because of that. But this actually leads to some interesting conspiracy theory stuff that we've mm-hmm. seen, right? What that happens? you written,
1: be honest. <laughs> I, well,
0: I, actually, what's funny is there's all this conspiracy theory stuff about a lot of stuff, OG. This is actually the one that I, I kind of agree with, which Fashioning is- Fashioning
1: your tinfoil hat as abso- we speak.
0: And, and I will tell you exactly what it is, which is this leads to people starting to think, well, why don't we just go virtual with our cash? Why right. do we just completely go, why do we need change in the first place? And that leads to a bunch of discussions like, you know, all these. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. As, as if you think that the government doesn't get a hold of Bitcoin. I mean, I know what Matt Ridley said last week mm-hmm. uh, about that is the future. But remember, he had that one very quickly uttered sentence where he said, you know, as long as they can get around government intervention. And right. I'm like, and that, my friend, yeah. Mr. Ridley, is... The problem. That's why, that's why it won't work. But let's say that you want to give your kids a few bucks under the table for helping you out for something. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe you have. Well, they'd have to change the rules. I mean, I have a 13 year old and, uh, he can't use like Apple pay cash. You know what I mean? Like I can't Apple pay him. I can't Google pay him. I can't, he can't open a PayPal account or a Venmo account until he's 18. So there'd have to be some sort of solution for, for that.
0: How many restaurants, remember those Coney Island restaurants around Detroit? They all say cash only. They're yeah. like, nope, we don't take credit cards. Wonder cash only. Is. Uh, yeah. I wonder how much of that they're, they're declaring. There is no skimming going on there. Nope. That's illegal. But so that, I wonder what that does to the economy. That's not the big thing for me though. The big thing for me is, do you seriously think that these banks The second that they, that you have to have a checking account because there's no more physical currency, that they're not going to immediately start assessing all kinds of fees to your checking account. Mm -hmm. They're not going to start charging you money.
1: Well, I noticed this the other day. I was, um, I got an email that said I had a credit card payment due for bank of America and I have a bank of America credit card, but I haven't used it in a long time. And I'm like, how would I have a payment due? Well, it turns out I have a negative payment too. I paid too much at one but bank of America has 25 of my dollars on my Bank of America card. And I, you know, I'm just holding it in reserve for later. But the thing <laughs> that I noticed that was funny this is a long story, but, anyways, the card has cash back. And at some point in time, I decided that the cash back I would put into the savings account at Bank of America. Like they make it really easy. You can just transfer the cash back into their cash. And also at some point in time, I'd noticed that they were charging me a monthly fee (laughs) of of $5 for my, you know, $82 of cash back in my savings account. So I pulled that money out. Well, the funny thing is, is that now I have a savings account at bank of America with negative $60 because of the $4 and 95 cent monthly fee. And I'm just kind of curious how long they're going to keep that open and assessing me $4 and 95 cents to not have an account, not have money with them. And I wonder if I should start sending them $4.95 bill every month for the fact that they owe me $25 because I overpaid my credit card once. Do you think that would even it out? Like, do you think Wouldn't it, that be great? Just send them an invoice. Like, just a, like you know how we send out invoices from I, time to time? I just would just love send to send invoice,
0: Bank of America a bill. Just for $4.95? <laughs> uh, you every owe month? me. I think that Bank of America, and if not Bank of America assessing a bunch of baloney fees, Wells Fargo. I mean, Wells Fargo, I can see them sitting around going, okay, opening seven bank accounts for everybody didn't really. They caught on to that. Here's what we need to do. Let's start a virus that makes
1: people rethink cash. So this is Wells Fargo. I've heard that George Soros did it, but I I never thought of (laughs) Bill Gates. It's, It's Bill Gates. That's my favorite one.
0: Bill Gates is out trying to solve stuff, and yeah, he's in, uh, trying to
1: he's trying to make water yes drinkable,
0: and also trying to help bring back uh nuclear power, which is very popular. Everybody loves nuclear power, like are you kidding me, yeah, I'm working on uh, all these things, and oh, in my spare time, I'm creating a virus so that it's five
1: g dude, <laughs> oh, you know we're getting emails on that. no, it really is, it really is. All I know is that when I have 5G on my phone, I get like 1.8 gig download speed. So I'm pretty happy with
0: Zing. it. So I think the takeaway here is...
1: is hoard uh, all your coins. Because and, and, they're going to be worth some money, dog. And blame Wells Fargo or yeah. Bank of America for COVID. Absolutely. We, get the most we haven't horrible takeaways. heard that as a theory yet. But I think we could launch it. Between my 918 Twitter followers... And your 9,000 Twitter followers, I really feel like we could start a movement. (laughs) Hashtag, what if it was Wells Fargo? (laughs) Not directly accuse them, but just be like, what if it was? Hashtag, what if it was? (laughs) What if it was?
0: I think the real takeaway here is from our first headline, which is this. Your advisor should be about the process, right? You guys last Friday talked about that on our advisor roundtable about hiring advisors. OG, mm-hmm. I think it comes back to this too. If your advisor can't shove an annuity down your throat because of the fact that they're not sitting across the table from you, oh, shucks, you might have the wrong advisor. All right, today. Instead of having a guest, uh, our producer Richie Rudderice found on Reddit a thread that we thought that we would dive into. Th- this is always fun. They have such good discussions on Reddit, and these You're are out of your
1: mind, right? Like they're not really good discussions on
0: Reddit. There, there are good discussions on Reddit. Don't get me wrong. You got to go through a lot of stuff, but it's better than Facebook. Come on. I don't know. Agreed. Uh, 10 questions worth considering for retirement. This is in the retirement subreddit. I thought that you've worked with a lot of people on retirement. I used to work with people on retirement. We talk retirement all the time. We should go through this because everybody should think about their retirement planning, I think, a little differently than most people do. Most people, I think, especially OG, when they're planning retirement, the first problem they have is they walk in, into an advisor's office and want to talk about, or if they're doing it on their own, all they think about is the money, right? Mm -hmm. How much money do I have? I think you'd be the first one to say that's probably the wrong approach.
1: I'd be curious about a lot of stuff. You know, What does it look like and what do you really want to do? And I mean, ultimately financial dependence or retirement is just a function of what you really want to do. You can be financially independent with 300 grand or you could be, have 3 million and not even be close, you know, so I'm going to be closer to that 30 million number at the rate that I spend money.
0: You could bring in 60,000 a year and be happy or bring in $600,000 a year and be miserable.
1: Yeah. I'll take the 600 to be miserable. Bob.
0: <laughs> at least you're showing up to your problems in a, in a limousine. That's right. Uh, question number one on this list of 10 questions how will your life be when you're 70? These are questions
1: you should ask yourself as you're thinking about retirement. This
0: is what one person on Reddit is asking. And I want to walk through these 10 questions and see what we think about these.
1: Questions you should ask yourself as you're thinking about your own financial independence. Yep. Okay, got it.
0: How will your life be when you're 70 years old? I like this question, OG, because you and I get coaching from a group, and this was one of the first questions they ask you,
1: Yeah, is, a coach.
0: is hey, when you're close to passing away, and don't, I hope I don't pass away at 70, yeah. but, but, but when you're later in life, what do you want to be like? And you write down, I wrote down all these things. I don't know what you did. I wrote down all these things. And then they said, hey, if you did all these things, how much longer would you live?
1: Yeah. Well, this is a great exercise. I think anybody can do it. You just think of the age at which you want to be when you die. And you can kind of ruminate on that for a moment and write the number down and then subtract a year from it. And now describe how do you want your spiritual life to be? How do you want your financial life to be? How do you want your social life to be? How do you want your fitness, your physical life to be? And then you, so you write down all these things, right? Like I want to be in great health. I want to have tons of money, be super active in the community. Yeah. And then you go, okay, cool. So do you still want to die next year? Oh, well, actually, no. And then the next part of that is,
0: by the way, I'll go through a few of these yeah. as, as people are thinking of theirs, because I'll tell you what mine were, and you can tell me what your yours are, because even though I did this nearly a year ago now, it has really shaped my last year. Mm. It has shaped a lot of my last year. The first thing that I wrote down was that I wanted to be active. You know, I used to work on this committee that put on a half marathon, and I always love seeing these people in their 80s. And I said I was going to die at 82. Um, and I said, uh, that I want to, to to be active when you're 81, when I'm 81, I'd like to still be running a half marathon Yeah, because I think those guys are badasses, right? And it keeps your mind fresh. And then the second thing was, I said, I don't want to be a burden to my children. I want to be a resource. I want to be somebody that my kids go to and, and still go, you know, my kids at 82 are in their late Mm fifties and they're saying, Hey dad, what do I do about this? I always want to be, I want to be a resource for my kids. And then I want to be a pillar in the community. Somebody people look at and go, you should live like that guy, you know? And I'm not saying money-wise, I'm saying just quality of life, Mm -hmm. right? That I'm somebody that's full of life and I'm also a resource for my community. Those were three of the things that I I wrote down.
1: Yeah. So then the next part of that is, as you think about how you want to be when you're 81 in your case, then the next thing they ask you is, well, so now, how do you really want to be?
0: And I said, because you're no longer atrophying, right? You're no longer 81 years old with nothing to do. Now I'm a pillar of yeah. my community. I'm yeah. running all this 82. stuff. I'm doing all this. And because of that, I mean, we talked to Ann Basting last week about being creative and looking forward. Mm-hmm. It's that same thing. Because there's no atrophy, now I said, I would probably live to be 95. Yeah. So I bought myself another 13 years.
1: Yeah. And the the impact of that, which is it takes a while to kind of settle into it. You did this exercise. It's uh, the group that we belong to is called strategic coach. It's called the lifetime extender. You did it a year ago. I did it 12 years ago and I still can remember it quite vividly, but the impact of it is, is it gives you permission. You have so much more time, you know, you're not trying to like fit everything into this back of your mind. Like I gotta be like, have everything done and like be in the coasting part of my years by this age. Now you go, well, yeah, I got 13 more years. That's another decade and a half, just about, you know, yeah. so it's super impactful. So another big
0: thing on there for me that I just remember was that, that I don't want to worry about money. I want to do whatever the hell I want to do and not even have to think about it. Just go, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. yeah I want to do this thing. Like money is, isn't a big deal for me. It mm-hmm. just, it's in the background Right. At that age. But the big kick in the pants, are you leading up to the kick in the pants?
1: No, go ahead. But-
0: well, the big kick in the pants is then they ask you, so Joe, you bought yourself 13 years. What do you do with that? And then you go, well, heck I'd travel. I'd, I would eat right. I'd, you know, have all these systems for managing my money. So it's in the background. Do and, and, and then Gina, my coach said, well, why the hell you wait until you're 81? Right. Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you living like that right now? Yep. And it's amazing when you look at your life that way. All of a sudden, then th- that's where my Met Pro coach Jesse came from. Right,
1: that's where a lot. One of- One of these days, people... you'll actually implement this stuff. <laughs> Someday, see. my man. wife's in the kitchen making these awesome cookies. By the way, <laughs> so we are we are gonna eat. Key lime pie cookies, like you wouldn't believe. I'm
0: sticking Jesse on you,
1: not, okay. not on me. We'll send her some cookies too. She'll be like, I okay, I'll give you a pass on it. <laughs> She's this. like, This is fine, one it's, or two it's, days. It's,
0: uh, but seriously, that there was you know this whole idea of us changing our whole life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all this stuff changed a it's lot. The, of the,
1: It's the wait, but why?
0: A lot of the things that we've done around the podcast, sure, changing it now.
1: That's why I told I, I don't think that our, our friend Steve who edits the show, Steve Stewart he put something on Twitter. They were on vacation at this vacation area that they're looking to buy a home. And I said, uh, what, what What are you waiting on? He's like, Oh, I am just trying to get the, you know, we got to wait it." I'm like, yeah, what are you waiting on? Just go to it. So like this question, what do you want your life to look like at 70? I wouldn't think 70. I would say 69. And then if it's that at 69, it's how much better is it going to be at 70? What does 80 look like? And like you said, you tie all that together and go, why aren't you doing that now? Why do you got to wait until you're 70 to do that?
0: We just had this fantastic question that I think is much better, quote, retirement planning than coming in and going, okay, the 4% rule on a million dollars of assets gives me $40,000 a year. Ah, that should be enough. That's crap. Uh-huh. I, that's just crap planning compared to
1: how do I. By the way, my answer was 142. 142 years old? Yeah, because oh, I want my kids to, I want to see my kids turn 100. God, you're cranky now. I know. Can you imagine? I just, but it gives me so much flexibility. Like, does that not just answer so many questions in your mind? (laughs) Like when you go, now it makes sense because you've got a hundred years to like, I'm like, I'll do that later. I got a hundred years, man. (laughs) The cool, the cool thing about that is,
0: is that you and I have been friends for a long time and I'm dead way before you, which is
1: fantastic
0: because I don't want to be around when you're 140 crusty years old.
1: No, but you do the lifetime extender, and like uh, if you're, I'm gonna at 141, I'm gonna be off, but at 142, I feel like okay, that's good enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, number two on this list. So number one, I think our takeaway here: what's your life like when you're 70 years old? Good start. I think you can do that better, and I also think that this is the discussion that you need to have. It's not about creating a minimal lifestyle OG. It's about making your life blossom, making it better. Mm -hmm. Number two on here, what will be the sources of your income after retirement? Where's that money going to come from? And this then I like this. I don't know if I like it as the number two question, but I do like thinking about, okay, am I going to have any streams of income coming in? When do they happen? And what am I going to need to fill in kind of backhoe in with my investments.
1: Well, and it's not just that, okay, I'm going to have a million dollars and take 4% out of it. And that's good enough. I think, I think looking at it from the perspective of what do I want my life to look like? And then figuring out if you're, I'm 42, if you're 42 and this is age 70, you've got whatever that is, 30 years to 28 years to figure it out. Right. And when you think of it in the perspective of that, you could say, well, geez, I could buy a, I could buy a rental property and have it paid off in half that time, and or, or you well, it's a good
0: point because then it's not just an asset; it's also an income
1: stream. Yeah, it opens up the idea of so many more opportunities when you think of it from the perspective. These are all, the, all of this is about asking better questions. It's just that the central thesis here is: if you ask better questions, you come up with better answers.
0: And I think that's what's even more important than this one, the sources of your income after retirement. What are the financial, I'm going to call them pain points. They're not really pain points, but when you look at that, you know, the lifetime extender stuff we were talking about, what are those big changes in your life that you really want? So you know what? I'm in my 60s. I want to I want to buy a second home or I want to buy the RV that we talked about mm-hmm. that I will never do. Right. Yeah. I want to buy the, the $80,000 RV. I mean, you might have a lot of money that comes up at one time. This gives you much better idea than the crap discussion of, do I save and do an IRA or a Roth IRA?
1: Well, I like the exercise sometimes we'll do with people where you, you write down everybody important in your life, you know, on a list, your parents, your in-laws, if they're around your grandparents, if they're around, you know your kids, your business partner, fine. And then you just kind of write all this stuff down, and then you write today's today's date and how old they are, and then you start adding five years to it, and you start overlap. You start seeing these overlaps of like, oh crap, my kids are going to be going to college around the, the same, same time, time I want to I, retire. That I want to do this, or this is where I want to buy the vacation house, or I want to take a sabbatical here. But boy, that sounds pretty unlikely because my kid will be going into high school probably need to stick around for their high school years, but maybe I can kick that four years till when they go to college. You know what I mean? You can start putting that together. Like, gosh, when I want to retire is at the exact same time, mom and dad are going to be 93. Yeah. Oh boy. There's probably going to be some stuff I'm going to have to deal with there. What can I do with that information today uh, to kind of plan for it in advance?
0: Number three, where will you stay after
1: retirement? Will you rent a house or stay in your own house? And how I'm are you building meet? up so many chits of people that I get to stay with. <laughs> but the funny thing I was, I was thinking about this. We've talked about this. That's all you've thought before.
0: about r- with you and I right here, isn't it?
1: You're like, man, well, except for the fact that, uh, remember the whole discussion of I don't stay at people's houses. Yes. I-, I was thinking about the irony of that, of how I'm very open and very welcoming. I don't know how you feel about being in my house for the last couple of weeks, but you know, I'm very happy. But like my in laws come and visit for a while, my mom does for a while, and uh, you guys are here. We've had people at our house for weeks on time at a time, and it's, I'm perfectly comfortable with it. But for whatever reason, I am very uncomfortable staying in other people's houses. So while while I am kind of chalking up a lot of chits of Joe's got Joe owes Josh, you know, <laughs> 21 days, you know, room and board, I'm like, but I'll probably never cash that in. I'll just,
0: I like how we exchanged 14 for 21, by the way.
1: I like that math. That's good. Well, I mean, it's it's like dog years. <laughs> <laughs> it's really... It's, interest. It's really not... Interest on the dates. It's not even that. It's just the more of the experience. It feels like 21 days <laughs> when it's really... The uh, calendar says... We're using like the m- calendar and mer- Mercury or
0: something. I get where they're going here. Will you rent a house or stay in your house? Once again, it's just better questions and envisioning more. I think there's another sub thing here which is that paying off your mortgage because for some people if they have a really low interest rate and they haven't saved enough they may need to take more risk with their money to get all these dreams to happen uh, by doing uh, interest rate arbitrage right run that mortgage out as long as possible hope to get a higher interest rate but if at all possible you see people with more money just try to get your house paid off before you get to retirement yeah Next up, uh, if your children fail to take good care of you up to say 80 years, this is so good. And by the way, this is what what do they call it? A straw man argument. Okay. If your children fail to take good care of you up to say 80 years, who really wants their kid to take care of them? Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, to what extent can your own investments help you? How will you pay for your medical bills, stay healthy and still live an independent life? starts getting into uh the long-term care discussion
1: well and and i listened to you say this and i'm thinking of the different cultural differences in the united states versus like you know, far East or, com- yeah far eastern countries where it's much more <laughs> sure. say, acceptable or or expected anyway even to take care of the next generation i'm saving money so my mom doesn't have to live here that's what i'm doing <laughs> like, <laughs> Just point play, yeah. Mom, I yeah. love you, yeah. But, but no, you have a really great long-term care policy that I bought you. So, look at this nice place. It's called Autumn Leaves. I love those names of those places, by the way. Autumn Leaves, Sunset Villas. <laughs> what kind of what kind of asshole comes up with those names? <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> like. So I'm I'm gonna create this business that's gonna like you know help people advanced age take care of what do we want to name it <laughs> Sunset Villas Sunset Villas Autumn Leaves Let's call it Let's call it a place for mom One foot in heaven No One <laughs> <laughs> One in the grave One on the banana peel
0: First step of the escalator Yeah Not good uh, Next question on this list. How much are you saving now and how secured are these savings?
1: Weird question.
0: Yeah, I think you just go back to this idea, OG, that you begin with the goal, right? Work back to today. What do I need to do today to reach that goal? And we already talked about instead of having a discussion of, do I save all my money, my Roth IRA or my traditional IRA? There's a discussion going on in our Facebook group right now with a with someone who said, You know, they don't have a very high risk tolerance, so they don't want to save into risky investments. And my first question in that discussion was, what interest rate do you need to get to reach your goal? I think that's the first place to start before Mm -hmm. you start talking about risk of your investments. Because when you start thinking about risky versus non-risky
1: investments and- We're all not risky. I'd, (laughs) I'd, I'd prefer to never take any risk whatsoever, right?
0: Yeah. How much are you saving now? I would change this question- From how much you're saving now and how secure are these savings to are you saving enough to historically have reached the goal in the right places to historically have reached the goal? What assets do you have now that can create income for you when you're unable to do active work? We talked about rental houses. This is where annuities may come in if you find a stripped down annuity uh, that doesn't have doesn't have all those bells and whistles and is just a straight pension if you're risk averse, dividend paying stocks, taking money out of your investments on a monthly basis, uh, selling off some, some investments, what's the strategy going to be? What would you do if you lost your job today? What alternative plan do you have? I do like the switch back then to today, don't you?
1: Yeah. I mean, you're thinking of it from the perspective of you've got all these goals and ostensibly you need to have, an income to set some of it aside. So what happens if that income goes away right now?
0: This is what I think of around risk management. Risk management to me is exactly this, which is, okay, if I don't have a job for three years, what does that do to all these plans I've set up? And is there a way that I can lock these plans in and not have to worry about being laid off for three years?
1: Or can I lay myself off right now for three years and experience a little bit of that right now? And
0: still get it. The last three on here, I'm going to lump together because number eight is what legacy are you leaving for your children and your grandchildren? Remember that compound houses and residential facilities are no more assets; they deteriorate within a short time, lose their value. Uh, I don't know what that is? I, I don't know what that is either. That sounds uh, weird. Uh, if you build a castle, eventually the walls come. It'll crumble. Down. Uh, to what extent have you made a difference in your family and the life of people in society? To what extent have you contributed to making the world better? I think you should start there. These are way too down at the bottom. And then number ten: How prepared are you today to meet your maker if death knocked at your door? Like, do you have insurance protection, or do you have enough assets? Like, uh, and have you done the right paperwork? Your your estate plan is your estate plan done, and what's your legacy going to look like?
1: Can't you can't think about that after the fact? So, no. good list. Some of them, some thought creating conversation, creating questions.
0: It's a step in the right direction. I I think that, you know, in a lot of these online forums, they spend in an inordinate amount of time talking about the tools and not enough time. OG talking about these types of questions. So I'm with you. It's a good start. We'll list these, not only have a link to them so you can ponder these questions, but also have a list of some of the questions OG and I think you should actually be asking and our, our takeaways, that we just went through on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com.
2: Hey, trivia fans. It's Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And while Joe and OG's list is pretty decent, I think it's about time I dropped some knowledge bombs on y'all that those two big podcast dudes might not want me to say. But since I care about you and also because I'm definitely not crooked at all, hashtag Doug 2020, I'm just gonna come right out and tell you the four things you won't hear anywhere else. First, don't retire, just tire. You won't have to retire if you get it right the first time. Just do it one time. Yeah, you're welcome. Second, you're gonna have a lot of free time on your hands. And if you decide to go ahead and retire, which means lots of people nagging you all the time to do more and more and more chores. Do yourself a favor, start working up a long list of suitable reasons you just can't help today. Like, uh, um, uh, sorry, I have to go to the store. It's okay, I guess. Sounds a little desperate, if you ask me. Uh, Here's one, I wish I could, but Joe said he needs my help. Stat, that one's way better, because everybody know that uh, Joe's super needy and, and he needs lots of help, so it's believable, right? Or how about this little pearl? Dang, I was just about to do that, but it turns out the transmissional fluids are out of alignment in the El Camino. That's probably the best one. Nobody can argue with that one. Think you got enough reasons to avoid chores that are lined up for you? Trust me when I say, think again. You got to double whatever number you're thinking. You got to like have twice as many. Before I get to my final two items that are absolute musts, uh, it's time for today's trivia. Did you know it's Giselle Buncheon's birthday today? When she dumps that underachiever Tom Brady, she'll be looking my way for sure. Anyway, today's question is, who is the richest female supermodel of all time? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can strut down the catwalk. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt.
3: time of need and suffering if you aren't a first responder you're holed up at home and maybe your life feels a little empty well here in joe's mom's basement we've been working to fill that void
2: you know what you need more
3: political ads
2: hey there stackers i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug international celebrity and host of the wildly popular stacking benjamin's podcast and i'm here to tell you and while these other candidates are busy with trifling matters of national importance, I'm here on the scene doing what good politicians do. Politicianing. politicianing. I've come up with a 47-point plan on what I'll do when elected. And today, I'm happy our team is going to share it with you. Announcer guy,
3: first... With an overwhelming groundswell of support, neighbor Doug, on day one of his administration, would immediately nationalize video conferencing software
2: Zoom. Hey, I like capitalism as much as the next guy, but we need a reliable platform to watch cat videos and share Tiger King memes. That's why I think the government should take full control of this company, making sure that we all have equal opportunity to gossip about the neighbors and that one relative none of us like while we're stuck inside, you know. Second, neighbor Doug believes in safety. I don't know about you, but all this indoor activity has me jittery. That's why I'd immediately use my executive powers to open all Dairy Queens so that we can get that awesome blizzard with the chocolate ice cream and Butterfinger pieces to all of our doors. It's an emergency. And finally, well, not actually
3: finally, because he's got 47 points here. But
2: Hey, just read him,
3: announcer boy. Okay, uh, let's go with this one. When elected, Doug will focus on things that matter.
2: That's why I propose to have all sunny days, no more coronavirus, and peace between people. Yeah, except the jerks. Oh, and the bozos. Nobody likes the bozos and the losers. I mean, we need more winners, am I right? So vote Doug
3: 2020 because he's not crooked.
2: trivia fans i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug back to rock your world with my final two points you should probably write down for a better retirement first or i guess number three have you seriously had the thought about what your main restaurant of choice is going to be post-retirement this is a very big decision you could join me and the crew down at the sizzler but i gotta warn you mike the manager is like always telling the worst jokes super bad ones like uh where are you going without paying It's just a stupid joke, Mike. Or, uh, no, really, don't send it back. The A1 sauce is going to make it taste way better. Guy's such a kidder. Got to work on his material, but he tries. He tries hard. I'd never send steak back. But my final recommendation, you don't want your kids to turn out spoiled, right? So if you leave all your money to them, that's exactly what's going to happen. So for that reason, I suggest you change your beneficiaries to the Doug Basement Foundation, where all your money will go to improving the life of your favorite podcast personality. Yeah, me, me, talking about me. Imagine the trauma for both of you and your favorite podcaster if you don't change your beneficiary. You'll be hearing this your whole life. I will remember you. That's a sad song. You don't want that hanging over your head. Now that you have the real scoop on your retirement planning, let's get back to today's trivia. The question was, who is the richest female supermodel of all time? you were thinking giselle bunch and nope wrong she's number two don't worry giselle though you're still number one in this guy's heart but coming in at number one on the money list with a net worth of an estimated 500 million dineros it's kathy ireland before i spend any more time talking about how me and giselle are meant to be tom brady's probably gonna just show up all right in my kitchen and and calm down tom calm down i gotta go see you
0: Nice job there. Somebody knows their female models.
1: (laughs) No, it's more like just Kathy Island's been around a long time.
0: And made a lot of money.
1: Had an opportunity to make lots of money. Made a made a bunch of money.
0: By the way, you know it's funny, the Kardashians OG get a lot of grief, but if you've ever watched their show or divin or is it dived or dove dove into their brand? If you've if you dove into their brand into diven into divin into. Dividended Div- into their brand. Divin- yes. I think it's dividended into their brand. Yeah. Uh, what you'll find is they strongly protect them. And I remember seeing a, uh, or reading something in a magazine about Kathy Ireland and her business ventures, somebody else taking just great care of that brand. Yeah. Doing, doing a fantastic job. Hey, let's uh, throw Haven Lifeline, tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first.
1: Well, I can smell the key lime white chocolate chip cookies. I'm sure you can smell them too. try not to Jesse. I'm holding out, Jesse. It's going to be impossible. Just so you know, they're like minis too. They're about I'm, that. Big. I'm
0: doing God's work here, Jesse, <laughs> <laughs> that and family time. Yes, that's why and it is your loved ones, your time and cookies. That's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to Stackybedgemans dot com forward slash Haven Life now to get your free quote. We talked about the importance of insurance earlier. Are you prepared to meet your maker? What happens if you pass away? OG, oh, man, you got that nice looking family, OG. Imagine if you don't have protection. Ah. I do. This is OG be rich. <sighs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised she doesn't have the pillow over mm-hmm. you. Every exactly. night you every night you wake Stop up. Stop squirming. At- <laughs> Their application is simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision. Prices are affordable and Mrs. OG could be a multi bajillionaire overnight. Today we're throwing out the lifeline to Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Joe and OG. Matt from New York here. You may or may not remember me from the New York city meetup. I know I barely remember meeting you guys. So thanks for that. Anyway, I found out that my employer won't be giving a 401k match next year. And I wanted to get your feedback on some thoughts I had. Currently, I contribute 15% to my 401k with another percent to my HSA. Without the employer match, I thought I could get more bang and flexibility for my retirement buck by taking that 16% total, max out my HSA, and send the rest into an IRA. Not that I would ever consider pulling money out of my retirement savings early, but in the worst, 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 worst case scenario, I thought it would be nice to have some money in a bucket that wouldn't come with a withdrawal penalty on contributions. Let me know what you think. And if all else fails, I can put it in an all equity New York City meetup bucket. So we'll be rolling in it by the time the bars open back up here. Thanks for nothing. Love it, Matt. And uh, we barely
1: remember you too, big guy. But- I just think it's funny. Like, can you seriously remember that? I mean, that was in Jan- at the end of January, we were in New York City.
0: It is so weird. And it was just like, eh, duh, duh, New York. But I do remember the people. Like, I remember the fun we had.
1: The, the people no, of course, we I'm just with. saying like how ironic it is.
0: But it does feel like it was 47 years ago. Yeah. Yes. Remember those times when we could have meetups <laughs> and, and how fun that was? Uh, glad to hear your voice, Matt. This idea, OG, no employer match here. What do you think?
1: So um, I really wasn't paying too close of attention. Um, <laughs> I was just reading Twitter.
0: <laughs> this is the thing. This is a bad thing. I don't know if you know this, but we make a podcast here mm-hmm. and we answer some questions. Um, I'm multitasking.
1: Uh, but I guess the general gist of it was, should I stop my 401k or reduce it and put that money elsewhere? Yes. Yeah. I, I knew that's what was coming. That's why I didn't have to pay attention. See? Brilliant. I've, I've heard these questions before. Just, just brilliant. Uh, it's, you know, it's this is tomato, tomato. I, I really think it is. Um, the only difference would be, you know, the after-tax component of it, if you're doing the pre-tax 401k, you know, you're going to take home a little less than dollar for dollar. Right. You know, so if you make a hundred... He'll
0: 100- be able to save a little less right now if he does it that way.
1: Yeah. If, you, if you're if you making a hundred grand, you're putting 15,000 in your 401k, and you say, I don't want to do four, 15 grand in my 401k, I'm going to do that 15 grand into my brokerage account instead. We'll just recognize that that's, you know, you're going to have an impact in your tax bill a little bit along the way. Um The other thing to remember is that it's kind of hard to undo stuff once you do it. You know, so if, if you're like, well, I'm going to reduce it now and then I'll up it again later. And then if he changes it, I'll change it again. Then uh, I would rather you just leave it and just be fine with the fact that it is where it is. Now, if you don't have some good diversification as it relates to taxes, if you haven't started other accounts, well, maybe it makes sense to kind of split it up a little bit, but I would give you just a different challenge rather than, saying, what do I do with this bucket of money and trying to split it up 32 ways? Just go create a different bucket of money. It sounds really silly to say, but can you force yourself to save another $100 a month? So instead of moving money from one pocket to the other, can you create this other bucket outside of your workplace plan with new savings? So instead of saving 15 grand a year, try to save 16,000 a year. And of that extra thousand, put that thousand in your brokerage account or something, you know, or whatever the number is. But- you know, regardless of where you put the money, like we talked about earlier today, it's six and one, half a dozen in the other. You can argue the tax benefits one way or the other, fine. But the act of saving is the most important thing.
0: What I do like, though, that you're thinking about, Matt, is this idea of what we call the tax triangle, which is having some money in different buckets so you're not overloaded in retirement one way. As an example, you'll see a lot of people that save all their money into pre-tax 401ks, Well, when you, if that's all the money that you have in retirement, when you get there, you've got two choices, OG. You either eat and pay the tax or you just don't eat because you don't have
1: any, or you go live at your co-host's house and they feed you cookies. But my argument to that is the other side of it is, but if you had 40 million in your IRA. It doesn't matter. Oh my God, I got to pay taxes. Like who gives a crap?
0: Yeah, but I still like being able to optimize. Like this is, this is the 201. So I think having some money that's pre-tax, some money that is after tax, like in a Roth IRA as an example position where I'm not going to pay taxes. And then the third where it's just completely flexible. We got a question uh, last week, the week before, uh, about having money in just a regular brokerage account, right? Uh, Putting that money, you're going to pay a little bit of tax every year, depending on what you have it invested in. But that money, you don't have, you don't have to worry about the tax consequences. You can just take it for whatever goal, at whatever time. So having all 3 of those I think is pretty important. I like taking all 3 of those buckets and putting them in a triangle and see which one of those wheels is the biggest, which corner is the biggest and kind of have a strategy where you juggle those plates a little better. But I I totally agree,
1: OG. Try to create uh, that from new savings if you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, build up the new one. Challenge yourself. OG going with the option uh number 3 here, right? Option number one, do I do the same thing? Option number two, do I do something different? Oh, gee, pressing the foot on the gas. I double-dog dare you, Matt. We do remember you, Matt. We double-dog dare you to just save
1: more money. Do you really remember, Matt, or are you just saying that? Of course I don't remember, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding, that's horrible.
0: Uh, thanks again, Matt, and good hearing your voice. Uh, by the way, that was such a fun meetup. And for, for a last-minute meetup, I think we knew, what, a week ahead of time we were having that? That was was really fun. Hopefully, we get to do another meetup someday. Actually, I do like that idea the best, Matt. Put it in a bucket and save it all for the next meetup. And uh, beers are on, Matt. All right, that's going to do it for today. Big thanks to not just Matt, but everybody hanging out, both other listeners for joining us. Thanks to everybody who's left us a review of this here show so people know what they're getting into when they listen to Stacking Benjamins. Last, of course... But not least is that if you need better help in your corner, you listen to the way that we talk about retirement planning today and you think, man, I'm not asking those type of questions. Well, OG and his team are taking clients. If you need better help in your corner, then you can just get on a podcast, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG, and that will lead you to he, him and his team lead you to him and his team. Yeah. Questioning all my English today. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First,
2: take a lesson from our headline. Buying a product to reach your financial goals? Start with the process and then choose the right product. Second, take a lesson from our retirement planning discussion. There are a lot of factors that go into retirement planning. Start today and take things one step at a time. You'll be happy you did. But the big takeaway... (laughs) don't try to talk tom brady down from all the talk about his wife man that guy sure can't take a joke all i said all i said was giselle's husband's face is only worth two dollars because he's no buccaneer he's got two buccaneers I didn't write the joke i swear to god man i just read this stuff it wasn't me This show is created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rudder-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter, at SBenjamin'sCast, or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Duggan. I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor.
0: Welcome to the after show. This is a part of the show that doesn't exist. While we were waiting there, I showed a piece of cheese in um my mouth because nothing is good for podcasting like eating and talking.
1: We had that once and we got yelled at.
0: We we did get yelled at. I didn't think about I didn't think about that. Sorry, person. Um, but we were kind of overemphasizing it. But you don't like pizza. I just found this out. You don't you're you're not a big fan of pizza.
1: No, I I I like pizza. I don't need it every. I mean, I've had it twice in the last month, which is why are you not American? That's my question. Exactly.
0: Americans like pizza. Exactly. Do do you like hot dogs? Not particularly. Are you?
1: Do you like apple pie? Yes. One out of three, but not baseball. So. So Do you remember when we I won those tickets to the Rangers game, and we went to the Rangers game? We sat behind home plate. We
0: sat like second
1: row. Yeah. I have two memories of that game. One was it was like 14 to nothing at the end of the first inning. Yes. The Rangers just blew out whoever they were playing. And then my other memory was about a month later, I called you up and I go, dude, I think somebody hacked the American express card. And you're like, yeah, why? And I go every like 11 minutes on the 17th from like (laughs) four o'clock in the afternoon until seven o'clock at night, every 11 minutes, there was a $26 charge. (laughs) We were like clockwork. It was hot that day. Remember? No, I don't remember anything. Those are the only things I remember. <laughs> Turns out twenty six dollars is the exact price of two beers. Two beers. plus sit. Who knew? Yeah, it was just like ching ching She was like twenty six, twenty six, twenty six, twenty six, twenty. We made some. We made a pretty good dent in that. Uh, yeah,
0: we did a we did a nice job that day. Big, big thanks to Uber for supporting. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly.
1: You're right. <laughs> Both ways. That was fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I could have pizza, but. Just it's so disappointing. They were the whole
0: family. Cheryl told me that we're planning a pizza night for tonight. You're like, I would have never signed off on that. uh,
1: Yeah, I still might not. I might order a steak. You guys can have pizza and I'm going to eat a eight ounce (laughs) filet cooked medium. (laughs) And by the way, with cream corn and snap peas. No, you guys have your pizza. Go ahead. Well, crack a bottle of wine. But I know exactly how you're going to eat it. I'm going to be sitting there munching on
0: pizza and just feeling weird. You know, you have those weird feelings sometimes like somebody staring at you. And I'm going to turn, and you've got your fine china, your glass of wine, and you're taking your fork, yeah. and you're putting it into the steak, and you're slowly
1: putting Have it. Have I in talked it. about my pet, my biggest pet? I mean, we haven't gone out to eat in, like, freaking six months. I oh, so. remember when we could do that. That was yeah. so fun. I mean, we do take Back out. in the day. We do take out, but we haven't actually gone out. No, I don't think that we've actually gone out. Sat in a restaurant. Sat in a restaurant. I even think, like, when everything was, quote, Back to normal in May. I don't, I, I mean, we've done takeout, but really, uh, but not actually sat in a restaurant. Have you sat in a restaurant? Well, I guess. In,
0: in- Northern California, I yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, we were the only people in the dining room. It was at our resort. We were the only people there. There were, there were actually, there was another couple. They put them way at the other end. They had like a bar area. Mm-hmm. They put them in the bar area. They put us in the dining room because we had a, a bigger group. There were six of us trying to. Oh, go, you know what I did? I to get I, COVID I, from each other. I
1: did. Uh, yeah. And you were successful with that. No, unsuccessful. Thank,
0: okay. thank goodness, unsuccessful. so far.
1: Um anyways, yeah, maybe we had one, but it was a similar experience. Anyway, have I told you about, about like the thing that I hate the most about eating at a at a nice restaurant? <laughs> sounds so first world problems. <laughs> That's exactly what. I was let me, <laughs> let me tell you the one thing that I hate when I let's, go to a very let's nice say a song, steakhouse. I
0: got 99 problems.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> have you ever had this happen where the server will come up and, that you know, you order your food? I almost always no, wait. Get but The whole
0: thing big. about server come up. You're talking about where they grab the cash register by both sides and say, can I help the next person in line? That's what you're talking about.
1: Like, or, where you're like, by server, you mean when you grab your plate and you scoop your own salad onto the. They the, don't do that the anymore. Ponderosa. They don't do that anymore either. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Buffets are gone. Anyways, when the server will say, could you cut into the middle of your steak to make sure it's done right? Oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And I have the same response every time. Did you cook it correctly?
0: You just look back at them.
1: Yeah. Let's go. Did the chef cook it correctly? Uh, yeah i go, then I don't have to check your work.
0: Hold on. This is OG and the waiter. Uh-uh.
1: I know what you're thinking. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? You say that
0: about steak, don't you?
1: That doesn't even seem like that was the real movie. That is
0: that is the real Dirty Harry,
1: 1971. Oh, I like that. Well, do you, punk? Yeah. So I always say no, thank you. You know, I just, I mean, I do say, did you cook it correctly? And they stammer for a second. Uh, yeah. I think
0: you should look at him just like Dirty Harry here. And you should say, listen, I don't know if you cooked it. we talked at, about this. I don't know what number you cooked it at before. Yeah. But if I go into the steak and it's not right, and you wrecked my steak for me, I got one question. Do you feel lucky? Yeah.
1: Punk? <sighs> but it's not the server's fault. It'd be the chef's fault. No, but the server's got to be confident. That's what I say. And I I I just I'm a very linear process oriented eater. I don't cut into the middle of my steak. It's like ruins the whole vibe. My favorite my favorite
0: line from you that I've used on multiple occasions at a restaurant, when they bring out the wrong thing.
1: Order what you want, to eat what you get? Yes. Yeah. Otherwise best, they spit in your food.
0: Best well, it's And still, now you
1: can't do that because then everybody get corona. <laughs> it's
0: <laughs> they're like, Well, waiter, you can't spit in his food. Yeah. Well, yes I can because- I just gargle with salt water, the, so I'm um, feeling good.
1: The time that this backfired, it's only backfired one time, but the uh, guy came out, cut in the middle. said, no, I'm not going to do that. I so said, I'm sure it's fine. He's like, well, we really want you to cut in the middle of it. I'm like, D- dude, I'm going to assume that you cooked it correctly. Good day, sir. Off you go. So then I start eating my, and it's not cooked, right? And it wasn't cooked, so It's right. overdone. So I'm about two-thirds of the way through it. You know, and you go out to eat. I never eat the whole thing anyway, so I'm going to take some home. Hey, how was everything? I go, hey, yeah, I missed the mark on the steak. He's like, what What do you mean? I said, you missed, yeah, just missed the mark a little bit. Like, you know, medium, this is clearly medium well. Oh, well, let me, let me, let me get the manager. I said, I don't need the manager. Let me make you another steak. I'm like, what am I going to do with another steak? I already ate two thirds of this one. I'm good. Like, it's fine. It still tasted fine. Just wasn't, you know, perfect. Manager comes over. Hey, I hear you have a problem with your steak. Like really loud. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't have a problem with the steak. <laughs> now I'm defending myself, right? Like, I'm like, no, my steak is good. I'm like, just go, you know, it's I'm, fine I'm, enough. I'm good. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want another one. I don't want, I don't want any apology. Please I, I just leave me alone. I'm trying to enjoy dinner. I, I don't want to, you know, I had an ex husband. And then the but, chef came out. Oh, I heard you didn't like the steak. I said, was this? A telephone game? <laughs> Like none of those things are true. And then the bus boy came out, yeah. sir. I'm... So then he says, he says, well, let me get you a free dessert. I don't need free dessert. So they bring out like two alcohol milkshake dessert things. Free desserts. Yeah. Which was like coconut and Ugh, yuck. <laughs> like, like, just like, it's just a weird hodgepodge of, of flavors. And then we didn't drink those either. Oh, did you not like those? Yeah, not really, actually. (laughs) Let me get you. No, give me the bill. I want the bill. Just the bill would be great. Uh, It sounds so elitist, I know.
0: It it does. Did they charge you for it, though?
1: Oh, absolutely. They did. (laughs) Of course. Which was even better.
0: Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is military appreciation month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric who is such a giving person, Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans. And all branches of the military, veterans, DOD, employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life, and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.